0: you're listening to the coffee hour i'm andy bates i'm sarah Golseth. it is monday february 10th it happy
1: is, Monday! Happy Monday! It, it is, is a Monday.
0: It is a mental health Monday.
1: That is a good thing. It I'm is. so glad we put these on Mondays. <laughs> it's like a it's a really great way to start yeah. the work week.
0: We had a listener remind us that that's a great place to put them <laughs> too. It's like, such a great idea. Start the it week It really is. Sometimes we're kind of dragging when it's time to start the work week, but uh, really, we, yeah, <laughs> uh, never, never. Uh, so good topic today. We're going to talk about contentment this morning. Yeah, this is a really great topic. Deaconess Heidi Gaiman. And then in the second half, we get to uh, meet the new managing editor of the Lutheran Witness.
1: Yes, now that he's installed. This is true. (laughs) We can bring him in studio. This is true.
0: (laughs) Thanks to Concordia University, Wisconsin for supporting the coffee hour. Find out more about Concordia University, Wisconsin at CUW.edu.
1: Live Uncommon.
0: Joining us this morning, Deaconess Heidi Gaiman for Mental Health Monday. Good morning, Heidi.
1: Good morning.
0: Happy Monday.
1: Happy Monday. I do like Mental Health Mondays on Mondays. This is it's a good plan. It's a good way to start the week. And what better than to talk about contentment on oh, no, a Monday? Contentment. <laughs> I feel like contentment for me, I love I have the same love-hate relationship with contentment that I do with patience. Like, you know, I want to talk about it and I want to be better at it, but then when someone brings it up, like I immediately feel judged and I'm like I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> All the and emotions. So I think, Yeah, exactly. Putting that out there and understanding that we're going to talk about it from a place of non-judgment is going to be helpful for our mental health.
0: Well, (laughs) non-judgment. So we recently talked about happiness and joy. Uh, So we're just going to extend that conversation a little bit further into contentment. How might contentment be different from happiness or joy? Or is it the same thing?
1: Yeah, I think it is different. I mean, again, these are all just like Linguistics, You know, we make up words in order to have a way to contextualize what's going on inside of us and what we experience in relationship. And so keeping that in mind, bearing that in mind, these are just made up words. They do have a place for helping us understand ourselves and what we experience better if we have good definitions for them and if we're all talking about the same thing. And I think contentment, especially scripturally, when I dive into the scriptures about it, it has a little bit more to do with Ecclesiastes. And then what we see in the letter to from Paul, especially than happiness and joy, which seems more psalmal to me. Um, and you know, I'll refer listeners back to last week's episode and the archive there to kind of understand the idea of happiness or joy from that experiential context as well as that stationary context of God's steadfastness inside of us and joy. And so contentment has this Ecclesiastes feel to it. And that by that, I mean that in Ecclesiastes, God talks about this internal clock that he puts inside of us, you know, that points us, it's an internal compass, I'm sorry, that he puts inside of us that points us to him and points us to eternity. Uh, and it also is a clock that sets the time where we are waiting, you know, for his return. And that's something that I think if you read Ecclesiastes, and this is like me going out on a theological limb here a little bit, so take it for what it's worth. I haven't done the full study yet in language, but when I read it, I hear more and more that we all have that piece. We all have that compass and clock inside of us. It's just whether we have a name for it, whether we know the name of Jesus and whether we know the answer to that clock and compass problem inside of us. And so I do think it helps us to be able to talk to people in an outreach way easier and better because this is something that we all have some understanding of. So what why am I talking about this clock and compass, you know, what does it matter and what does it have to do with contentment? Well, we're going to feel restless. Like at the base level, we're We're gonna struggle with contentment in this life until Jesus comes again. This is something that we all have. And so we all know that it's there's something else out there. There's something better. It's not supposed to be this way. And so I think that takes the judgment off of it when we understand contentment from that vantage point, that there's kind of a purpose in it that God gives us to get through this life and engage in it fully and wrestle with it fully in order to see him better, to see him clearer, if you will, in our daily life. Then there's the New Testament vantage point of it where Paul talks about, you know, being able to be content in any and all circumstances. And I think it's so interesting because You know, we bring up the fact that Paul's sitting in prison writing that a lot, Mm -hmm. but I I don't think we bring up the fact of all the other stuff Paul went through, the fact that people were abusing him and hurting him. And he was, you know, on fire for the gospel and and running around telling everyone he could about Jesus. And, And so there's this place in Paul's writings where we can start to see both the suffering and the joy of life and see that contentment is something that God brings to us through all of that. Just being able to see God in both the suffering and the joy, I think, is the place of contentment in our life. It doesn't mean that we'll experience it. It doesn't mean that we'll feel content, mm-hmm. if you will, you know, which I think is what we're going for, right? That's what we want so badly. We want people to write books to tell us how to feel content. Um, <laughs> and again, if we understand the Ecclesiastes piece correctly, I'm I'm not sure that we will get to that feeling so much as we will the belief structure that Jesus is my contentment. And that's what Paul is talking about, the thought process of contentment. Yeah, I think a lot of times we mix up contentment with happiness, um, Mm -hmm. because if I'm happy, I must be content. And if I'm sad, I must not be. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And you can see where that gets us into trouble then. Like we're just I think we end up making choices that aren't really in line with the values, you know, that we have because we are moving toward happiness instead of just letting God speak and tell us through his word uh, who he is and what he's doing and, you know, I really believe that God gives us so much Christian freedom, and that's part of this conversation too. God really has very little opinion about what we do with our life beyond Jesus. And I think we want him to have all these opinions, and that's one reason we get that feeling of discontentment is because we think that we're never doing the right thing. And the reality is, is it's the right thing as long as it's about Jesus. And that might look like 4,000 different things in our life. Uh, And we're a little uncomfortable with the mystery and the unclarity of that. So is this something that we can cultivate? Do we catch it? Do we, is it, is it given? How does this work? (laughs) Yeah, I think you read the Bible. You know, <laughs> that I think is that's a good thing to do. <laughs> I know, right? I think that's step one is just when we are disconnected from the word, our restlessness. Will not make sense to us. It will feel very uncomfortable. But when we're connected to God's word, you know, we might still experience that same restlessness, but there is a place of this mysterious, spiritual, Holy Spirit filled counsel and guidance and helping that gives us a calmer spirit, if you will. That doesn't mean the anxiety is gone completely, but it is this kind of mystery of what God gives us when he connects us to his word that we have contentment that we can't even control. You know, it, it isn't, it's kind of like, um, I can't plant the garden of contentment, although I can like focus my thoughts on his word. That's definitely one part of it, but m- but the other part of it is caught, you know, part of it's cultivated, part of it's caught. By spending time in that word, then I'm around the things that bring me contentment. I'm around the steadfastness of God, which is real contentment in perfection.
0: So what might happen when we have a lack of contentment?
1: Mm. I think a lack of contentment feels like anxiety, usually in our human experience. You know, it it just feels really unstable. Uh, Again, that restlessness, while it can be a good thing directing us toward God, certainly the experience of that is pretty unpleasant. And I think all of us having this conversation and those listening, when you think of the word discontent, you probably have something rise up in your body. You have some kind of uh, physical expression of that, you know, in the same way that we have a physical expression of anxiety or sadness. Uh, And so it is something that we have a negative connotation with. And so I would say to transform our language from discontentment to label it as restlessness, spiritual restlessness in particular, tells me I need to go to the word. I need to wrestle with God. I need to talk to him and find out what he is saying to me about my life right now through Jesus Christ. And that gives us somewhere to go with it. Otherwise, it's just kind of there and we're not sure what to do about it.
0: I don't know. That wrestling with God thing, you end up with like, what, a broken hip and a new yeah, name. Yeah, so. it's
1: true. But you get a new name. You get a new name. So. <laughs> it's almost like it has a connection to baptism right where i get this new name and i know the answer to my discontentment now right i know the answer that doesn't mean this life will feel different and i think that's hard for us you know knowing that jesus is the answer to every single question doesn't necessarily make life easier. And I think we desperately want it to.
0: Hmm. Since we're all about making up words, maybe we should make up a word for that today, too. I mean, <laughs> o- o-
1: Don't tempt me. Happiness,
0: joy, contentment, psalm-l.
1: I psalm-l. did say that. <laughs> I, I'm that a writer. Work? I have the prerogative to make up anything <laughs> I want. And... The dictionary of Heidi Gaiman. <laughs> right. CPH actually knows that in the margins, I have markings that say, like, I made up this word. I know it. Please do not change it in editing. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Makeup where it's Monday. That's what we should call it.
1: Oh, there's a good second segment. <laughs> it's good. Well, let me t- let me bring that back to contentment okay. only because I think there's a value in, again, labeling things mm-hmm. for ourselves and having an understanding. So if I can label it, I feel like I have a little bit of agency over it. I'm able to do something with it or give movement to it instead of it just sitting like anxiety. And so you know, you can call things, whatever you want to call them, as long as you you know connect them spiritually to god and what he's doing and that he has the answers you know because we can't we can look around us and try to find answers 40,000 different places. Uh, And so if we make up words and don't connect them to God, what good has that done us? But if we make up words and ask for God to enter into that and bring his word into it, then we found actual answers to our problems.
0: In the word, that's where the clarity is. Mm -hmm. And that's where uh, we can also then connect with one another also. Deaconess Heidi Gaiman, Mental Health Monday Contentment. Thank you so much for joining us this morning on Make Up Words Monday.
1: Thanks for having me. I'll
0: see you next time. <laughs> Coming up in just a little bit, we get to meet the new meet the new managing editor <laughs> of the of Lutheran Witness. Words. It's Monday. <laughs> You're listening to the coffee hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm
1: Sarah Goldshead. <laughs>